So now that Christmas is here, we have many things to be thankful for, including the Christmas fulfills prophecy in so many different ways. We're going to continue our study of that today in the book of Isaiah chapter 9. We'll look at verses uh, 3 through 7. Again, like we'd like to do here, we'll read them responsibly, if you'll please share when you see it in yellow. Isaiah writes, God, you will make the nation grow, and you will make the people happy. It will be, it will be like the joy when people take their share of things. They have won in the war. Jesus said something about that, didn't he? Remember he said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Huh. You will take away the root, the rod, that the enemy used to punish your people. Every boot that marched into battle and every uniform stained with blood. This will happen when a special child is born. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God. His power will continue to grow. This will establish him as the king sitting on David's throne and ruling his kingdom. The strong love that the Lord All-Powerful has for his people will make this happen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One Christmas favorite is joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. When you get to Christmas time, which of your senses is made the happiest? Is it your hearing? Do you love hearing just that special carol? Like, do you hear what I hear? Which we heard this very morning. Maybe you love to hear the ringing of a Salvation Army bell ringer as you go about town. Maybe you have memories of children laughing that comes back to your, to your uh, mind. Or maybe you're just one of those ones who likes 24-hour Christmas music stations. All of that's available for your ears. Or perhaps when Christmas comes, your taste buds come alive. Chocolate of all different kinds of varieties might likely come your way. You might get to taste pumpkin something and then pumpkin something else. Any pumpkin fans out there? I'm a pumpkin fan. Or maybe I've heard about 75 times on the radio in the last couple weeks that the Chick-fil-A peppermint milkshake is pretty good. I don't know yet, but I've heard it's pretty good. Or maybe you dream of cinnamon roll breakfast like we always have Christmas morning. Or maybe when you think of Christmas, your sense of touch comes alive. Grandchildren coming home that you get to hug and visit. You get your hugs for the season from folks at church or other family members. Or maybe you just enjoy the hustle and bustle of moving about and finding just the right gifts.
Or perhaps when Christmas comes, your sense of smell comes to life. The smell of a fresh Christmas tree in your living room. My son has a live Christmas tree. We have a fake one. Or maybe you just like the clean, cold air that December brings. Or perhaps your eyes delight to Christmas. Decorated yards, colors at church, Charlie Brown Christmas special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, as we all get to enjoy the High Point University drive-through celebration starting December 19th, where your eyes can be delighted by all the lights. I love all of it. Would not want to pick one. Can barely get enough of it in the month or so that we have it. It stirs up joy in my heart, joy in my eyes, my ears, my nose, and my mouth. My whole body is filled with joy over the Christmas season. Takes me back to a wonderful college memory I have where I was actually a bell ringer for the Salvation Army one Christmas, and I wouldn't just ring that bell. I'd stand there and sing for four hours straight. Every Christmas carol I could think of to give joy to the Lord. Our text today in Isaiah paints our imagery for our Christmas story today. And in the first few verses that we read, verses 3 through 5, he is describing winning the war through God with us. Talking about the nation growing. Talking about people taking their share of things they've won in the war. Talking about getting rid of boots and coats that are used in battle because God has won forevermore. He reminds us of the joy over a child leading us in faith, and he finishes with joyful celebration over the character of Christ. Today, we're going to celebrate that the heart of Christmas brings joy, and we'll explore together joy over winning as Jesus comes into our lives. We'll consider the joy that children bring us at Christmas, and we'll magnify our Lord, who's so gracious unto us. So like I said, the book of Isaiah describes God winning the war through the birth of Christ. Last week we spoke about Emmanuel defeating death in this life, leading Paul to write, where, O death, is thy victory? Where, O grave, is thy sting? Because Jesus is the victor, we can have joy, we can have hope, we can have love, we can have peace. Christ indeed has won the war, but when did he win it, or, or when will he win it, according to the scriptures? The second verse of Joy to the World points to the paradox that we often live in when we try to answer that question, or the tension we live in. You see the words here, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. In this verse of Joy to the World, we hear him talking about the fact of Christ coming again, if you will, as the second coming. It's safe to say if you read the words to Joy to the World carefully, all four verses, that Watts was not writing a Christmas carol. He was writing a poem based on Psalm 98, verses 4 through 9. You can check it out at home if you want to. And a hundred years later, his poem was put to music at Christmas time, and it became a Christmas carol thereby. But folks like the ones who write in the Methodist hymnary say, it's got to be the weirdest carols of all time because the language is really talking about the second coming of Christ. Matter of fact, have you ever checked your Seventh-day Adventist hymnal? If you do, it says, joy to the world, the Lord will come. It's a futuristic version in the SDA hymnal. 
But you know, all of Scripture is a little bit like that candy now and later, which I've never had any of, but their slogan is, you eat one now and you'll want more later. This is the Christian experience in a nutshell. We have joy now, but we want more joy later. We have hope and peace now, but we look forward to hope and peace again tomorrow. We are saved by grace now, but at least I will need more grace later. Anybody else gonna need more grace later in your life? We can claim victory now, but we will see victory in the future as well. So when did Christ win the war? When will he win the war? There are really four answers to that question. There's great news found in the victory plan of Jesus Christ. Let's look at those four times where Jesus won the war for us. First of all, he will win the war for us when he comes again and he reigns and he judges and all is made right. Read this wonderful promise with me, if you will. Revelation 21, verse 4. Let's read together. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Indeed, that day is coming when Christ will win the final victory and no more sorrow, no more tears, no more bad memories, no more sin, and all is made right in the universe. But yet, if you've studied scriptures, you know that Christ also won the battle on the cross. You might remember it says in the book of John chapter 19, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus won the war on the cross. He'd lived a perfect life. He'd offered the perfect sacrifice. He died for you and me. The plan for his life was complete at that point, and he had won the victory for us. But in another sense, like Brother James shared this morning while we were in the group praying for this morning's worship, he had won the war at his birth. We read here in Matthew 1, it says, And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people for their sins. So when Jesus was born, he came as the one who would save us from our sins. And so the battle had already been won and that God had come to us as Emmanuel to save us from our sins. But if you've read scriptures, you know it goes back before then, right? For Jesus had won the battle before the earth was created. Put a couple of verses up here. If you will, read 2 Timothy 1.9 with me. He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Oh, I'd like to know if there's another verse that says that same thing to corroborate the evidence. Well, there it is, right? Ephesians 1, 4, read it with me. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You know, I've heard the rather odd phrase before, that Jesus changed God's mind when he came to earth. Isn't that odd? Jesus has God's mind. Jesus didn't need to change God's mind. Jesus has God's mind. The plan of salvation doesn't start at the second coming. 
The plan of salvation didn't start on Calvary. The plan of salvation did not start in Bethlehem. The plan of salvation started before the world was created. God's character plan for your joy and for my joy. Joy, we realize and understanding he is the truth. Grace, righteousness, and love that we need. This is a truth even a child can understand and cause us to sing for joy. Our Isaiah text said, this will happen when the special child is born. You know, children indeed bring joy to Christmas. If I may, I'm going to share just a little bit of Christmas humor with you, give you something to share around the dining room table with your family and friends. Four quick stories just to tickle our funny bone and make us think about the Christmas story as well. You ready? So a 10-year-old girl was with her grandmother, and the grandmother was explaining everything to her about the virgin birth. And the granddaughter says, I got it, Grandma, except one thing. Was this the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin? Thank you. Next one's even better. Um, a nativity play was going on, and in the nativity play, they showed Joseph and Mary going to door after door, knocking, and everybody saying, no room in the inn. And finally, a little voice from the back of the sanctuary called out, did you try orbits? And this next one's actually my favorite out of the four. At Sunday school, children were drawing pictures, illustrating biblical stories, and the teacher asked a little boy what he was drawing, and he says, oh, I am drawing the flight into Egypt. Here's my airplane, here's Mary, here's Joseph, and you see in the front? That's Pontius, Pontius the pilot. And then one last one. Uh, after the Christmas pageant, a six-year-old boy was asked if he remembered what gifts the Magi brought, and he said, oh, yes, I do. Gold, frankincense, and humor. And you know what? It's okay to laugh and to laugh together as the family of God a little bit. We will be led by children and their spirit. A little child, Jesus, leads us to seek innocence, to desire purity. Jesus said we must be like little children in order to fully receive the kingdom of God. Children who know the world is a hard place. And God understands the troubles we're going through and saves even surprising people, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Children who know God loves all 8 billion people and offers them peace, they can rise above their circumstances in their situation. And children who know joy because they simply trust his love. Little story from my... Uh, work world I want to share with you. A couple weeks ago, I, uh, we did a play called Johnny Appleseed at my school. And in Johnny Appleseed, I had 12 students who were going to be doing the play. And as we were getting ready to do the play, I saw lots of them on their phones because, well, that's what we all do. And at one point I said, I would encourage you to put your phones away because if you don't have your phones in your hands, that would be better. Well, you know, just a couple of minutes before the show, I see another huddle of students, so I go over to see what's happening like we teachers do. And they were praying. Public school. 
and they were praying for the show to go well, and I got there just in time to say amen with them. About a minute later, I saw 10 of them gathered in the huddle, praying together. I, I don't know what words they prayed, but I know they trusted the higher power would help them to do well, and they did it with joy. This is the message for all the world to hear. The heart of Christmas brings joy, childlike joy and memories, joy in the victory won by Emmanuel, God with us, knowing that God understands us. Victory won by Jesus who saves us from our sins. Joy we have securely because of the character of Christ revealed to us. I'm gonna get ready to close again by looking at the four titles uh, given about Jesus. We looked at this verse last week. Read it with me if you will. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. Contained within these truths is a real cause for joy. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor. One Bible translator translate that wonderful strategist as in one who will strategize how we can win the war. Our God, if you will, was an offensive coordinator in what he did sent Jesus as a virgin birth, sent him to Bethlehem just as, protect, as predicted, and laid him perfectly in the manger for you and me as the one who would save us from our sins. Our God is a powerful God, or it can also be translated divine warrior. He won the battle through living a perfect life around every corner, and he offers to battle for you and through you spreading love and joy this season. He is our Father who lives forever, whose plan for your salvation before the earth was created, and wants you to have eternity too. And he is the Prince of Peace. What more peace could be offered? He took care of us in the manger. He took care of us on the cross. He took care of us before creation, and he will take care of us and take us home forevermore when we will say lo this is our God we have waited for him and he will save us this Christmas our senses are likely to delight in the season may I suggest ways in which your senses might delight this season may you bring joy to the senses of yourself and others by hearing joyful words from your mouth into your ears by taking every bite of Christmas deliciousness, saying thanks be to God. By touching those you love and hugging them, and by reaching out to those far away, however you can. May, you, may others smell the aroma of Christ in your actions and thoughts. And may I see joy around you as you choose to continue the song, joy to the world the Lord has come to, your life. Let every heart that sees you and hears you have joy as well. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon your life with favor and grant you joy that comes from the peace we can have today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen.